Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. back to the Satman Day Football Podcast. This is episode 34. There's 32 other episodes of the Statman Day Football Podcast for you to find and you to listen to to kill those boring train journeys, those boring bus journeys, or your mum giving you some earache. Make sure you go back and you listen to them. There's a lot of knowledge that's floating around in those episodes. But anyway, on today's show, we're going to talk the news, then we're going to talk transfer news, and then we're going to finish up talking a little bit of Arsene Wenger. A little bit of an Arsene Wenger debate. What's gone wrong? where potentially Arsenal should have gone and who should lead Arsenal in the future. So make sure you stay tuned for that, any Arsenal fans, but any football fans as well, because it'll be a cracking little bit of commentary. Anyway, let's get this party started. So the news today, we're going to do the international news first to get that over and done with, because thank God the football is back. The international break bores me to tears. I don't really care about international football apart from World Cups, European Championships, the summer tournaments I do like, but seriously, qualifying and all that rubbish, not for me at all. Have a little bit of a break, have a little bit of chill out. But anyway, the final little bit of news that we've got to talk about, uh, German coach uh, Joachim Lowe tips uh, Julian Nagelsmann as his potential future successor. Successor that could be really interesting. Germany, obviously, um, you know, current holders of the World Cup, and have really gone for strength to strength after the change the uh, DFB took uh, to bring in more coaches in the centre of ex- excellence and so forth. They did an entire podcast on Germany um, and the development of players since since the early two thousands. But Nagelsmann could be a really interesting coach for Germany. Imagine Nagelsmann playing a three five two against Gareth Southgate. What's Gareth Southgate going to do with those two central midfielders that sit ahead of the DM? He won't know what to do. He'll lose his mind. Why are these centre mids playing out wide, John? Oh, I don't know, Gareth. Have you checked that off a nine? See what they're doing? No, no, I haven't. I haven't done that, Gareth. Oh, you bloody idiots. But anyway, let's move on from Gareth Southgate because it's rather depressing that... That is what England's best coaching can do right now, is Gareth flaming Southgate. But anyway, moving on, ex-United boss Louis van Gaal is in talks to take over with the Dutch FA. Really interesting one, that, because he did so well at the World Cup, played that 3-5-2 on the counter-attack with Iron Robin, but then at Manchester United, bored the fans for season after season after season. But it could be a good... Um, position to go. They are underdogs. Van Gaal did work really well when they were underdogs before at the World Cup. Uh, you know, they came third in that tournament. So maybe it's the right thing to do just to get them qualification to the next World Cup. 
Um, but it is an interesting one. LVG back in potential management. In terms of other news, uh, Funes Mori will miss the rest of the season with a knee injury that he suffered playing um, for Argentina over the last week. That is some bad news. Seamus Coleman and uh, Funes Mori out injured for Everton. They are losing defenders. Maybe it's time for Mason Holgate to step up. Uh, started the season, Mason Holgate, in fact, over uh, ahead of Seamus Coleman and played really well. So maybe it's a good time for him to step up. The Everton youngsters looked really talented and we've obviously uh, Tom Davies coming through this season. Everton are looking like they're promoting some young players. With Lukaku moving on in the future, there's some new players to take over from the reins of Lukaku. But anyway, it's over. Come on! As uh, the cheeky sport lads would say. That is the international break done and dusted. I think we've got about 156 days until the next one. I, I am not looking forward to it, but whatever. It's done now. It's done and dusted for out a good two to three months. Anyway, moving on to some more news. Uh, Tottenham boss Pochettino said uh, his meeting with Barcelona president last week was just a coincidence. And he loves Espanyol and loves Spurs and could never manage Arsenal or Barcelona. If that's the first time I've ever heard that in football, denying a potential future role, you know, I, every, if I charge 10p every time, I'd be a flaming millionaire right now. Pochettino to Barcelona in the summer. You heard it here first. Anyway, moving on to other news. Uh, Hertha Berlin have announced plans for a new stadium uh, that's going to be 55,000 seats of capacity next to the Olympic Stadion. If you've never been to Olympic Stadion, it is one hell of a ground. It's massive. It's a bit cold in winter. Very open. I've been uh, on two occasions to watch Hertha Berlin once against Schalke and Wolfsburg. Two brilliant games. Really enjoyed it. Uh, but it is a little bit open. So if you do to go to the Olympic Stadion before they do move to this new ground in 2025, make sure you bring the, the warmers. Uh, but Berlin is a wonderful city. If you've never been there, I'd, I'd massively recommend it as a, either a, a summer destination or a winter destination. Winter, it gets really, really, really flaming cold. Summer's quite nice. You can go by down the river um, and chill. Uh, they sort of like set up like these sort of little beach cafes. We can go get some beers and have some food and stuff. It's a really nice city to, to be a bit calming. Same with like Amsterdam in the summer. You know, Amsterdam has this reputation of being just strip clubs and, and marijuana, but it is actually a really nice city just to go and chill out by the canals, have a little beer, calm yourself down. But anyway, back to the football news. Hertha Berlin are getting this new stadium. It's going to be built by the same guys that built the Allianz Arena over in Munich. So it could be a really good um, option for Hertha Berlin. They're the only team who don't own their own stadium in the Bundesliga, which is incredible for a, you know, a, a league, how they've come on and how they've really taken it to the next level in terms of each club owns their own stadium and so forth. It's a wonderful league all round. In other news, Sergio Ramos turned 31 today. An incredible career for Sergio Ramos. You know, started off as an inconsistent defender, an inconsistent fullback um, at Real Madrid, but has really become a star in 700 games in his career. He's got 81 goals and got 21 red cards. Never a dull moment when Ramos is around. And this season, that absolute banger of a start is earned Real Madrid an extra nine points in La League of this season. So many crucial goals in crucial games. It's almost becoming a trademark cruise to Ramos goal time. Anyway, oh, talking of great defenders... Gareth McCauley signs a new one-year deal at West Brom. The defender that scored six goals in the Premier League this season. That's more than Paul Pogba, Kevin De Bruyne and Meze Ozil. is incredible for a 36-year-old defensive legend. And they are playing Manchester United at the weekend. We'll be pre previewing all the games tomorrow. We're going to be talking Premier League. We're going to be talking Bundesliga, Liga, uh, the Coupe de Ligue um, final in France. PSG versus Monaco, uh, Serie A, La Liga. We're going to do it all. It's going to be an absolute banger, so stay tuned, but also fantasy football tips as well. But anyway, that's the, the end of the little news section. Let's move on to transfer talk. So on transfer talk today, 
uh, Alexis Sanchez dropped a huge Chelsea hint today saying he wants to stay in the same same city but be part of a winning team. Very, uh, you know, a mixed message there for Alexis Sanchez. Does he want to stay at Arsenal? Does he want to move to uh, Chelsea? I don't know. It'll be quite interesting to see whether Wenger does stay or does not. We will be discussing that very few, but in a minute. And I reckon we'll bring a little bit of Sanchez chat into that as well. So keep tuned. Anyway, another news. Uh, Manchester United news now. Jose Mourinho um, uh, discussing the Neymar transfer. I think trying to sign Neymar is like trying to break into a safe, comma, impossible. Absolutely impossible. Maybe he's ruling out that deal or giving agent Ed a little bit of cover to go and do his magic over in Catalonia. In other news, Man United will demand £66 million for David De Gea in the summer. If Real Madrid do come pouncing again with Keylor Navas's pretty dodgy form this season, Real Madrid probably will make the move. In terms of my feelings on David De Gea, it's a similar one to the Wayne Rooney situation where Wayne Rooney handed in a transfer request at Manchester United. David De Gea had agreed to move to Real Madrid. He wanted to leave the club. For me, that cuts my ties as a fan. I love what he's done. I think he's a wonderful player. But as a fan, the fan, Dave... I don't give a flying monkeys about David De Gea anymore. You know, there is goalkeepers in European football you can bring in that can replace David De Gea. Um, you know, a young Donnarumma would be absolutely perfect. But I think uh, in world football, uh, a better defence, you know, centre-backs are more important than goalkeepers right now. I think goalkeepers come and go. Centre-backs are the guys you build your team around. But David De Gea, if he wants to go, he can go. You know, I'll give him my blessings. He's been a wonderful servant at Manchester United. He's a wonderful player. But unfortunately for me, the, the bond between player and fan has completely gone with David De Gea. See you later, Dave. Have a good one in Madrid. Anyway, moving on to Liverpool news. Um, Liverpool face a threat of a transfer embargo, preventing them from signing academy players if they are found guilty of making an illegal approach to recruit a Stoke City schoolboy. Naughty stuff from Liverpool. And finally, some more Liverpool news. Uh, Mahmoud Dahoud will join Liverpool in the summer uh, for £21 million. Oh, no. Wait, what? No, they wanted to sign a ball-playing central midfielder that could create chances, that could unlock a deep-line defence, that has agility in that final third to slip tackles to get the ball to like to Coutinho. But they didn't sign Dahoud. What the hell? Incredible stuff from Liverpool again allowing another talented, talented German player to move to Borussia Dortmund. It's, I think it's crazy. What, why is Jurgen Klopp not identifying someone like Dahoud as a massive transfer uh, target? 21 million quid for Dahoud. Dahoud is one of the talented, most talented midfielders I've seen play football. 21 years old and he's unbelievable. Cracking technique, cracking agility, can unlock, uh, unlock a defence. Something that Liverpool have been struggling with this season is unlocking a deep pack. And what can Dahoud do? He can Dahoud, Dahoud that... In terms of what Dahoud did last season, um, you know, his five goals and eight, eight assists was very good for a young central midfielder at 20 years old. This season has been a bit stop-start with Borussia Mönchengladbach's form, um, but he's starting to, to rock again and is on four assists, could probably make the eight assists he got last, se well, got last season, but is a cracking addition to Borussia Dortmund. I just don't know what Liverpool are doing in the transfer policy. I don't know what Jurgen Klopp's doing. It's almost like they've got a transfer embargo. Why they've not signed another centre-back after letting, letting Sacco go or knowing that Sacco was going to be going all summer? Why have they not signed a left-back? James Milner still playing there. Yeah, he's, he's all right, but he's not good enough to take Liverpool to where they want to go in terms of the level. He's not like a, a title-winning left-back. And unfortunately, Liverpool and Leon Klopp need to analyse their side like that. They need to be that critical. Similar to Manchester United, um, out of the, the four centre-backs they have, only Eric Bay could be good enough. Could be good enough. To win the champ, to win the title, to win the Champions League, and unfortunately, that's what Jurgen Klopp needs to do. And you know, not signing another massive player, Dahoud. What a talent! When Arsenal signed Granit Xhaka, I was like, they bought Xhaka and they didn't buy Dahoud. What the hell's going on? You know, it's one of those things that's 
I just don't understand what these scouts are doing if they're going to watch someone like Granit Xhaka and they're watching Gladbach and they see this talented 20-year-old who's running the show. Yeah, slight frame. Yeah, you know, you'd say, oh, in the Premier League, he's not going to be able to deal with the physicality. Yeah, he will. He's got the ability to spin up the tackle. He's got the ability to slip the ball past you simply. And I just don't understand why Arsenal did sign Xhaka for all that money when they could have got Dahoud. And then again, why Liverpool have not signed Dahoud right now, but Borussia Dortmund... What are they doing? They're building a legacy. They are building a legacy at Borussia Dortmund right now. We think of the players. They're stockpiling these young talents. Dembele, Pulisic, Dahoud, Moore, Pasolak, Isaac, and of course, Guerrero. That, you could, that's pretty much right. That's, um, what, seven players out of a starting 11 already got? They need a goalkeeper, two centre-backs, and a defensive midfielder. They've got a defensive midfielder. In fact, no, Julian Weigel. So what they need now is two centre-backs. Potentially, Matthias Ginter could be in there. So maybe one centre-back and a goalkeeper. And they have... a. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Team for the next five seasons. We talk it through now. Pasolak, who will be one of the best right fullbacks in world football. I caught a bit of him playing in a... Um, I think it was a German Cup final, under-19s eight, under Cup final. I don't know why the hell I was watching it, but I was watching it. He played uh, right midfield that day and was so good going forward. I think he was directly involved in uh, three out of the four Dortmund goals. I think Dortmund may have won 4-3 that evening. You know, don't quote me on that. I think they were playing Hoffenheim as well. Uh, but Pasolak, what a talent he was there. You know, you're linking that up with Guerrero. Fantastic um, for Portugal in the European Championships and been brilliant when he's played for Dortmund this season. So flexible, played left-back, central midfield, um, left-wing, Probably could play attacking midfield, centre-back. He could play anywhere. He's that good a player. And then bringing Dahoud in to build that ball play player, more of an attacking player next to Julian Weigel, who is the one of the best ball-playing central midfielders in world football right now at 21 as well, next to Dahoud. That is a central midfield pairing that, that could really you know tear a, a lot of teams apart. And then you think of the attacking four um, in front of that. Isaac, who I've never seen him play football, but is really highly regarded in Sweden and Real Madrid were after him, Dortmund were after him. And I imagine he's a top, top star. Players that I have seen, Usman Dembele, who has just been fantastic this season, been fantastic last season. I think he's been directly involved in a uh, an assist or a key pass every 
30-odd minutes this season for Borussia Dortmund, which is incredible. Nine assists as well um, in the Bundesliga. Emre Moore that's been in and out. And Pasolak, who leads his, leads his age group or joint leads his age group for assists in terms of under-19-year-olds in Europe's top five leagues with five. Uh, brilliant performance for uh, America in the off in the international break. Grabbed two assists and a goal. Two wonderful through-ball passes. Pulisic is going to be a real top player. I watched a little interview from him. I don't know where I found it, but I, I stumbled on it of like, uh, you know, a young load of young little lads asking him questions and stuff. He just seems like he's got his head really well screwed screwed on. He knows that he needs to work. He knows that he needs to work hard. You know, moving from America to Borussia Dortmund was a big challenge for him, but he's done that now. He can speak German and he is a cracking player with a cracking talent. And that is crazy. Dortmund are stockpiling the best young players in the world and potentially could dominate European football in the next few seasons. Maybe give it like five years, the likes of Dembele, Moro, De Hood, if they can keep these guys together. They've got a real chance of, of being something special, especially under someone like Thomas Tuchel. If they keep with a long-term plan, this team could play the next generation of football. But anyway, guys, that's enough talking about Borussia Dortmund and Liverpool's failings in the transfer market in the last few seasons. Let's talk about Arsenal and their failings in the Premier League for the last 13 years. So there was some news today, or fake news, should I say. There was rumours in the morning that Arsene Wenger was going to decide his future um, at lunchtime, but it was all rubbish. There were other rumours saying Wenger's going to stay another two more seasons at Arsenal. It's all pretty much in, up in the air. For me, for Arsenal Football Club, potentially it's time for Wenger to, just to, to pack it in at the end of the season. I think that you know they've been tactically outdone too many times in the Champions League, the Premier League. They keep hitting this bad run of bad patch or bad spell and it's kind of game over isn't it you know it's game over for them in the season it's every single season between um in the november month or you know pushing through christmas or pushing through march they always find this period where they just struggle and a big thing i think santi cazola's been massively missed Arsene Wenger did build his midfield around Santi Cazorla. when santi cazola's playing for arsenal arsenal are at a di different level Mesut ozil is at a different level ozil when cazola was in the side when he registered those uh, 19 assists was on the pitch, 17 of those times. And it's incredible that, or 18 assists it was, sorry, 17 of them came when Cazola was there. That when Cazola was out for two months, he grabbed one assist in those two months. And it's, it's that big thing that, that deep-lying role that Santi Cazola played, his ability to spin out the press was, was incredible. And it got Arsenal through the third so well. You know, the direct balls into Sanchez, direct balls into Mezit, direct balls into Aaron Ramsey and so forth. Playing those forward passes was so crucial for Arsenal to get forward. And unfortunately, without um, Wenger having Santi Cazola, Arsenal have massively struggled in controlling games. And I think that's maybe uh, something that Wenger would look back on and say, yeah, maybe I could have signed another central midfielder in the summer that wasn't Granit Xhaka. Granit Xhaka more of a destroyer, not really someone that's going to unlock a defence, not someone that's going to find your attacking players a little bit too square for Arsenal. But I think what it means for Arsenal is that there is struggle and it's time for Wenger to go. I think there was a cracking stat that came out a few weeks ago from the Oily Sailor on Twitter. That's uh, Duncan Alexander, who works for Opta. 20% of the Premier League goals, that Peter Cech has ever let in have come in his Arsenal career, which began last season. That's an incredible stat. Going from a Chelsea team that didn't leak goals, that were winning Premier League titles, to this Arsenal team that is so weak through the middle at times, um, through so weak during the transition. Um, it just it's, it's a banging stat. But what I wanted to talk about a little bit as well is um, what Wenger's done in the last 13 years. It feels like he's 
it's kind of moved away from what, what really worked well. So 13 years ago was the last time that Arsenal won the Premier League. In the 2003-2004 Premier League campaign, Arsenal went unbeaten. In 38 Premier League games, they won 26 of those games and they drew 12. The first time any team has been unbeaten in the Premier League. I think it's the second time ever in, in English football history. I think Preston North End were the other side to do that. But it was an incredible achievement. And that team was based on hard work and a solid 4-4-2. From back to front, they had Jans Lehmann in goal, the German keeper that was very good, adept at coming off his line, sweeping in behind him, was a bit of a nutter, a bit of a personality, a character, a leader at the back. And the back four... Um, the two fullbacks, we had Loren at right back, Ashley Cole at left back, Sol Campbell partnering uh, Colo Torre, who was playing some of the best football of his career. That back four gave Arsenal uh, great pace, great physicality, um, but also gave them great attacking intent with Loren and Ashley Cole, which helps their midfield, um, which the first choice was be Lundberg right midfield, Perez left midfield, and a central midfield pairing of Vieira and Gilberto Silva. Gilberto Silva was sort of holding, breaking play up, simply shipping the ball on to um, Vieira, who played more of a box-to-box, more of an aggressive shuttling role. And then up front, Dennis Bergkamp, and of course, the great Thierry Henry. So in terms of the two forwards, they worked so well in unison. Thierry Henry carrying them with the goals. Scored 30 goals in the Premier League that season. That, in fact, was eight more than any other player. But how the team worked, they were so aggressive and they were so disciplined. It was a very much a narrow 4-4-2 with Perez coming inside, Lundberg coming inside um, into that sort of central zone. Vieira, Silva holding their position in front of the, the back two defenders and the fullbacks getting forward and providing that whip in that final third. In terms of goals, it was Henri. In terms of assists, a lot of them came down that left-hand side with uh, Ashley Cole, Perez and Henri um, assisting 49% of Arsenal's goals that season in the Premier League. And it was a really good relationship between Perez and Henri. If Henri did drift outside, Perez would become the goal scorer and would usually um, you know, come up trumped in the penalty area. That season, he scored 14 Premier League goals and that was the second highest scorer of Arsenal. But that team, for me, had a lot of um, aggression in central midfield. Something that Arsenal really do lack, and a lot more control. You know, players that positionally were a bit better. Thinking about how to model that system on the current Arsenal team, I really struggled. What I came out with with Peter Cech in goal, uh, Bellerin, Koscielny, Mustafi, Monreal. And in midfield is where you don't have the same ingredients. Ozil, Zaka, Cazorla and Oxlade-Chamberlain. You know, compare that to Perez, Lundberg, Vieira and uh, Gilberto Silva. There's a lot of work that you're missing in there. There's a lot of physicality in there. There's a lot of aggression. You know, someone like Lundberg went unnoticed, did a lot of great defensive work, kept his job quite simple when the ball was at his feet, looked to get crosses into the box at the back post for Perez to arrive late or to on redrifting at the back. But he, he worked very, very hard and protected his fullback. You know, if, for example, Ozil was going to play right midfield in this 4-4-2, you're not going to get that with him. Oxlade-Chamberlain could go out there, but then where's your playmaker? Where's your Robert Perez? And I feel like Arsenal, with under Wenger, has taken his side from this aggressive 4-4-2 that had a, a great blend of uh, the technique uh, in terms of the wide players coming inside, but the aggressiveness in defence and midfield. And now we don't really have that. We don't really have two players that you were classes to defensive midfielders, you know, uh, Ozil, not, you know, Cazorla, Xhaka, uh, Coughlin, you could throw in Coughlin and, and Xhaka, but you'd say they're a bit too similar. What you had with Vieira, Gilberto Silva was a great blend of um, athleticism in Vieira, but great holding play in Silva. And if they wanted to throw Edu in there for a bit of control, they had that option of doing it as well. But the team was built around Omri, but also Bergkamp, 34 years old, but was at his creative best. A number of wonderful assists, dropping into the number 10 slot from striker. But it was a wonderful side, and a side that obviously does get the plot. It's being the Invincibles, but it's weird how Arsenal have really transitioned away from that. And 
and move their system to a 4-3-3 with RVP in the middle and then maybe a 4-2-3-1 a bit later on. But where was that side? Now, where's that aggression gone? I liken that side to the current Monaco side. There's a lot of similarities there. If we break the Monaco team again, you know, you've got your two solid defensive midfielders, Bakayoko Fabinho, that's similar to the uh, silver and the silver combination with, obviously, Patrick Vieira, the two fullbacks to get on, Mendy Sidibe, similar to um, Lauren and Ashley Cole. The forward, the front four players, in a way, Perez, very similar to Bernardo Silva. You'd say Lundberg, potentially Yalima, and Mbappe, Henri, Falcao, not as much as a flair player as Dennis Bergkamp, plays the role differently, but does drop a little bit deeper to allow Mbappe to stretch the defence. What Arsenal need to do right now um, at the end of the season, they do need to let Wenger go. And what they need to do is they need to get Yardim in. It just makes sense for me right now. I think the last time Arsenal was successful, they played how Yardim's playing at Monaco right now. I think it would just make sense in terms of the transition of the football club. In terms of players that Yardin would potentially have to bring in, you know, you're looking at two strong defensive midfielders. Um, if he could bring Fabinho and Bakayoko to Arsenal, bang, you've probably sort, sorted a lot of problems out there. You could potentially throw someone like Santi Cazorla maybe out wide again um, with Ozil or with the Ox on the other flank. Uh, Bellerin still gets in there, maybe signing Mendy at left fullback from Monaco. Pretty much you're tearing Monaco apart and bring it to Arsenal. That's what Yardim should do, but Sanchez could play as a striker. I think the big thing with Alexis Sanchez is what happens at the end of the season. I feel that if Arsenal do get a new manager, like a Yardim, like someone that could bring that intensity back to Arsenal, bring that ability to win the title back to Arsenal someone like Sanchez could turn around and go okay actually I'm going to sign a new contract and that's so big you know the move to Chelsea does make massive sense but Sanchez would be a great fit at Arsenal if they can get the right man in if they can get him obviously to sign a new contract but anyway guys I think that's been that for today's podcast you know the likening of Wenger's last title winning side to the great Monaco team that could go on to win the Champions League this season of course if you've uh, enjoyed the podcast please go and check out a load of the other ones uh, there's, there's plenty of them subscribe to me on iTunes subscribe to me on YouTube if you've not and follow me on Twitter Statman Dave episode 34 over and out Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.